challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Thanks for joining me here at the Great Man Podcast. Hey, before I dive in, let me tell you that about the time this podcast releases, our board is going to be meeting, and we're going to be making some major decisions about future events, future things in the U.S., future things around the world, funding, all types of things, media projects. So I would appreciate your prayers. Now that we're out of COVID, or at least heading out of COVID enough to be able to fly internationally and have gatherings, it's time for us to kind of take the the restraints off and see great man really rise. So we've had it incorporated for quite a while. Many of you have been supporting it. We're so grateful, but now it's time to go to a whole new level. So the board will be deciding that soon about the time that this, again, this podcast releases, and I would appreciate your prayers. And of course, always your financial support, because we are going to try to turn manhood in our generation worldwide. We're not the only organization. We're not right now the biggest, but we're going to partner with other organizations and do good things. Come along for the ride with us. Now, I want to talk about something uh, very internal to some men, something about the state of your soul. So let me describe this. Give me a minute, and I'm going to describe this because I think I might be able to help some of you rise to a higher level of living and for all of us, uh, give us something that uh, maybe a little insight that will help us check our souls just a little bit, even if this force doesn't dominate us. Some men get stuck in a rebellion mode that then lives in them all their lives. Now, what usually happens is when uh, I'm going to talk exclusively about men. So women who are listening, and I know there are many of you, just just give me a little bit of grace here just to talk about men. The same thing works in the souls of women, but I want to just track men right now and, and sort of their trajectory in this whole subject. Usually about the time a man hits puberty, along about the time he hits 12, 13, 14 years old, there's some rebellion that sets up in his soul. A lot of this is normal and a lot of it's good. He's figuring out who he is in distinction from the rest of the world. He's identifying himself as opposed to others. He connects with this guy, not that guy. He wants to do this, not that. He has a little bit of resentment of his parents settling in. A little bit of that's normal. It's not, it's not you know, something that we should just crash down on harshly as parents. Um, but, but we have to realize that along about the early teenage years, I mean, this, everybody knows this, a little bit of rebellion, a little bit of resistance to authority, a little bit of resentment of being told what to do, uh, a a little bit of opposition to the, the chores and the responsibilities and the disciplines that are imposed at home. Now, some of this rebellion, again, I say is healthy. It's a young man identifying himself as opposed to his environment. I don't mean an opposition to it, but just who am I and who are they is sort of the question that's going on in his mind. It's more emotional than it is intellectual, but it still is important. Well, as he grows he should, and you know, there are often events that happen during the teenage years. I mean, I can think back on my own life. A, a teacher misbehaved one time, and we had a bit of a protest, and that teacher was let go for legitimate reason. But the students had to speak up. I was part of it. 
And, and, and I suppose an event like that that happens in the life of a young man or a misbehaving coach or, I don't know, a social issue that breaks out in their community and, and the kid gets vocal, you can see how some of this can be good. But, it, but what can happen is that rebellion can settle into the soul of a young man. And then if he doesn't grow out of a purely rebellious phase, rebellion sticks with him. It becomes a primary force in his soul all of his life. What should happen is that he has a little bit of rebellion and resistance and teenage opposition, and then he grows, and 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 maybe that continues a little bit into college. You know, that's why we do wild, crazy things in college. But over time, he, he realizes that you know he doesn't he doesn't he can he can change things without just being angrily rebellious. He can change things without you know having to oppose and and yell and scream, so to speak. Uh, and eventually, it's not like he just caves. It's not as though he just says everything's great with society, but he's not living with rebellion against all authority, all standards, all requirements everywhere as a primary motivation for his life. So that's what normally happens. You kind of grow out of it. And it doesn't mean that you don't have some some meaningful opposition. It doesn't mean you can't be contra when it's important to be able to do that. You want to do that. You want to be able to protest. You want to be able to speak your mind. You want to be able to stand against injustice. You don't ever want to lose that in your soul or you just become a you know, a dead fish. Um, you want to have that steel in your soul where you can speak up for, for truth and for inju- against injustices. What I want to deal with in this podcast is where a man, and I've known many of them in my life, it's almost as though they hit those teenage years and they discover the power of rebellion. Maybe there's an incident. Maybe it just rises in their soul. Maybe it's kind of shot through their whole family. I don't know. There are many ways it can come. And it feels so good. They're so animated. They feel alive. And what happens is They don't progress out of it in their later years. In their teen years, they like rebellion. They like the way it feels. They like the way it's an animating force. They like the feeling of the anger. They like the feeling of being mad. They want to be mad at dad or they want to be mad at mom or they want to be mad at the teachers or they want to be mad at the coach or whomever. And it feels so good. It's almost like they embrace it and won't let go of it to the degree they should let go of it a little later in life, the college years and shortly after. Well, here's the problem with that. This is really what I want to get to. My point is not just to slap every guy who's rebellious. My point is to say that if you allow rebellion to be a primary force in your life, now listen to me carefully. If you allow rebellion and resistance to all things being a primary force in your life, you live your life constantly in reaction to things. You're like a ping pong ball or a tennis ball, or I'm more familiar with racquetballs, loving racquetball as I do, constantly bouncing off the walls, constantly bouncing off of people, constantly being angry, constantly being resistant, constantly having tension with people, constantly resisting authorities, which in some cases are are meant to do you good. And I, I know some people I love dearly who are just constantly in, I would call it rebellion, resistance, bouncing off of almost everything, their wives, somewhat their kids, their bosses, society, whatever religion they've got going, they subscribe to a religion, but they resist it. Uh, Usually their life is strewn with broken relationships and people they hate. They're mad all the time. 
And I, I'm using a, a, the word rebellion for all of this. Of course, psychologists would want me to use more specific words. But it's a basic resistance to what is. It's a basic bouncing off of authority, standards, the way the world is. And I want to say again, to some extent, this is good. Uh, I, there are authorities I, I, I make a profession out of rebelling against, right? There are changes I want to bring. There are systems I want to see fall. There are things that need to change. There are laws that need to change and, and syndicates that need to change. I mean, I, I help head an anti-trafficking organization, and trafficking is woven into uh, much of what exists on earth, much of government, much of uh, commerce. Well, I'm in rebellion against that, but on a moral basis, and not just as a function of my personality. I'm fundamentally not a rebellious person, but I've certainly taken my stand. I've certainly made my, my testimony known. And by the way, in, in the face of opposition that threatened my life, now I'm not bragging about me. I'm trying to say, I'm not trying to turn everybody into pansies. I'm not trying to turn a bunch of guys into passive couch potatoes. Good, strong resistance, good, strong standing up against authority, good, strong moral principled resistance to some of the things that are there, fine. But when rebellion and anger live in your soul and become the dominant motive force of your life, here's the problem. You're not pursuing, you're not fulfilling a destiny, you're not taking hold of a higher cause. Instead, you're ping-ponging, you're bouncing off of everybody. You resist everything. And I know some guys like this whom I love dearly, um, but their life, like I said, is strewn with broken relationships. It's, it's isolated them. Uh, they have a hard time working within any system to get anything done, whether it's business and prosperity or it's serving the community or it's some system that helps their kids. Constantly angry, constantly repelling, as so to speak, constantly bouncing off of, constantly resisting, constantly angry, seldom at peace. And I've known guys, and I'm, I'm not trying to call anybody out here on this podcast, I never do that, but I'm saying I've known guys who are in that mode till late in life. And you know what? They're lonely, they're angry, they have deep regrets, but they don't know how to get out of it. So my point in this podcast is to ask all of us to look at the latent adolescent rebellion that lives in our souls. If you're still hanging on to that warm glow that rebellion gave you when you were 13 and you're hanging on to it because it's, you know, for some people when they feel strong emotions and they rebel against something, it's, it's the greatest moment in their life. They feel more alive. They feel more animated. They feel more connected to other people who are equally rebellious. Um, it, it could be a really wonderful thing in, in, in that sense alone. The issue is that we, it need, like everything else in our life, it needs to mature so that now at the age of, well, I'm just making this up now, at the age of 40, you shouldn't be in some adolescent rebellion. You should say, you know what? That system needs to change, or that guy needs to be turned in, or that guy needs to be reported, or I'm going to change this, or I'm going to change that, or this is unjust. In other words, it's a bit more calm to reason strategic opposition than it is just a adolescent you know, spray everything in the world with your resistance, live in constant tension. Here are the problems. You, you're constantly in reaction. You're constantly repelling off of everything. Number one, you're seldom at peace. You have, you, you, because you've been stuck in a rebellion mode, you don't really have great relationships because 
any standards and every rela- every relationship that's meaningful to you, to you comes with standards, right? I'm wild about my wife, but there are some things that she prefers that I do. There's some things she insists that I do, not because she's some dominant person, but because that's what relationship means, you know, whatever it might be. I don't like green beans, but please call me if you're going to be late. Whatever this, whatever the standards are, don't hang your underwear on the ceiling fan, whatever. Every relationship comes with, well, let's call them what they are, some some rules, some preferences, some, you know, I, when my daughter is staying at my house, there's some things I know she prefers. There's some things I know she probably would rather me not ask her about. That's fine. This is human life. But if you're rebellious, you run into everything, you charge into everything and slam into it like it's a brick wall. It makes you exhausted. It makes you unhappy. It breaks your relationships. And the bigger issue, the biggest issue of all for me, all those things are important, but the biggest issue of all for me is that you're not living your life drawn to the future by a calling and a destiny and a purpose because you're too busy bouncing off of everything. It's almost like, just picture this image, a a kid is just on a field, let's say he's out there with a bunch of his friends on a high school field, I'm just making this up, and he's bouncing off of everybody. Well, his father's up up on the sidelines saying, Sam, come on now, let's go home. I want to show you something great that's that's happened. You're going to be real excited about this. But Sam doesn't hear him because Sam's too busy ramming into everybody. So Sam doesn't hear the call to something wonderful. Because he's too busy slamming into everybody angrily, maybe let's say after a football practice or something. Well, this is the way a lot of guys live their lives. So there are a couple of ways you've got to you got to go here. First, you've got to look at how you got addicted to rebellion as a motive force in your soul. Some guys have told me, man, at 14, I rebelled. It felt so good. I felt alive. I could also overthrow a lot of requirements that are laying on me, and I just never let it go. Well, you got to go back and realize the good maybe that that was at the age of 14, but realize you hung on to it too long, and there's a reason you did. It became a drug. It became a salve. It became something that made you feel alive when nothing else did. you got to go back and look at that because you've carried that too far in your life, at least the guys who talked to me about this have. The other thing is you've got to ask yourself if there are some wounds back there. For example, and I know some men like this as well, and I think we all do, some guys were genuinely wronged when they were in those teen years. They were sexually molested or a dad abandoned the family or whatever, uh, or they were they were bullied or you know in school or what have you. And so their rebellion had legitimate roots. But now that it's, it's, it's uh, linked to an unresolved trauma, it's got to dominate them for the rest of their lives. So the angry, rebellious person, and we've all seen them, often has unresolved trauma from early in their life. I know I'm using psychological language, but hey, we've got to apply psychology to our lives as men. And then for some guys, it's just a refusal to grow up. It's just a Peter Pan complex. We're just, we just don't want to grow up. We, want to stay, we, we felt so good in that teenage rebellion, we just stayed in it in all our lives, or at least far too long. Again, I want to say very clearly, I am not saying don't stand against authority when it's unjust. I am not saying don't don't be able to take a stand in your life. I'm not saying don't resist injustice. Obviously, I believe the opposite. I am saying that if the animating force of your life, the primary motive in your soul, or at least one of the major ones, is just a just a rebellion, almost like a 13-year-old, you just you just find yourself, even when you don't even want to, resisting any kind of standards put upon you or any kind of re- requirements or slamming into everybody in your life. You look at your life and you've got a graveyard of relationships. I want you to take a survey of your life on the subject of rebellion. And for some of you guys, it's not a dominant force, but it's there. It's just there a little bit. 
It's just feeding some things. You might be otherwise successful. You might be otherwise at peace. You might have might not be totally animated by rebellion, but you've got just an underlying force of rebellion that you know it's there. I want to say one more time, not trying to turn you into pansy, trying to turn you into a mature man, because this This kind of looking at our souls, this kind of not getting stuck in adolescence, this kind of trying to be mature men who are not dominated by any unclean force in our souls, this is one of the great arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.